Hey, Steve, have you ever done that thing where you record a podcast? Hmm. I, hmm. Let's see. I feel like I've done it a few times, but is it a little bit different? Are you, are you maybe is this a, you've got some new uh, swing on it that I haven't tried before? Oh, man, I was just going to say, buckle up, bitch, because it's that time right now. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, kids, to the newest installment of Dead and Lovely, the only podcast. That's our <laughs> That's title, it. The Only the Podcast. The Only Podcast. There are other uh, people out there claiming to have a podcast, and it's like, I haven't seen the evidence of that. Yeah, yeah. Podcasts yeah. are like Highlanders. There can That's true. be only one, and that, it's this one that you're listening to. But also, you knew that already. That means we decapitate people regularly. Oh yeah, obviously. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What do you expect? <laughs> Otherwise, they'd keep having other podcasts. We can't it's, deal with that. It's true. <laughs> you people out there, anybody seen Mark Marin recently? No, because his nope. head is off, clean off, and uh, <laughs> I think we know who is responsible for that one. It's your good buddies. Uncle Ben and Hollywood Steve and we are here today to chit chat about Mm -hmm. old Anna and the apocalypse we're here to drink some code beers we're here to talk about musicals and stuff we've been watching we're here to have a good time I like to have a good time all the time but if you want to get straight to the movie review there's a timestamp for you cool guy mm-hmm. and it's in the podcast description so if you don't want to hang out with us you can go there but don't say i didn't warn you jackass we're all going to be talking <laughs> about you during the first part of the show yeah that guy's such a clown right steve what a clown jackass that guy he's oh like God. a donkey clown like if donkeys uh-huh. had clowns he'd be the clowniest donkey there is Oh, yeah, yeah. He's uh, the king of donkey clown country, for sure. <laughs> but he'll never hear this because he goes straight to the movie yeah, review or whatever. Yeah, how would he what know? What a moron. Oh, my God. <laughs> Steve, how you been this week, man? Uh, it's, it's been a week, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's resolving pretty well. Everything seems to be going all right. We're, we're getting our car repaired mm-hmm. at a slightly lower price than we thought it was gonna be which is good okay that's good that's good yeah so uh, hopefully by by next friday we'll be driving it around vroom vroom we'll say uh honking our horn at passers-by saying look at our car it's it goes <laughs> and they'll be excited for us oh obviously yeah they've never <laughs> seen anything like it before what is this a horseless carriage <laughs> Are the horses that pull it invisible? <laughs> I Ghost save atop horses. my penny farthing. <laughs> it's weird. I do live in the 1870s. It's it's strange, yeah. but you know, whatever. Yeah, that's why they call you Steampunk Steve. That's obviously. what they call me all the time. Yeah. There's old Steampunk Steve, <laughs> cutting watches in half and wearing weird hats. Dude, have you considered? I mean, this is just an idea. You know, I'm kind of an idea, man. I, I throw stuff out there to see what sticks. So, you okay. know, don't take my word on this. It's just an idea. But while that thing's in the shop, have you considered asking them to put a sweet spoiler on it? Ooh, wow. Maybe lower it? That's mm-hmm. what you want yep. with it. When you when you got a four-wheel drive vehicle, you want to slam that to the ground. <laughs> you want to put, put a spoiler, spoiler on, on it. Yeah. To increase the downforce. Yeah, obviously. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, of course we've thought about it, but you know, first we got to deal with the engine before we turn it into obviously a sweet, sweet uh, mobile. 
Uh, <laughs> probably put some of those underlights on it, some blue lights. <laughs> Man. I like that idea. That's going to look yeah. really cool. But, you know, you're right. I guess you got to get the thing running first because yeah. responsibilities, yeah. I guess. But then we're going to take that up to Gatlinburg, drive up and down the strip, revving the engine. Uh, hey, w w what about my car or whatever, you know? Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> I don't know what you say <laughs> when you have, like, a car. Like, because you've, you've been at places where people are driving their cars up and down like do you say stuff or do you just rev the engine like how you does that cruise. work yeah you just cruise but i think i think you'd get a lot more attention if instead you just you know you rolled down the window and hung halfway out and just screamed look at me as you rode look up and down the strip with look at me, me. <laughs> yeah. that's intense and you spray your face paint with silver spray paint i think yes. that would get a lot of looks for sure Fuck yeah, would. you want to get the chicks looking your way do something fucking nuts yeah I, I just it might think, just be that easy it might i'm just thinking about somebody driving a mad max rig up and down uh, a strip somewhere in like miami just up and down the strip revving it up <laughs> Like they got a guy just hanging up there playing guitar, shooting flames everywhere. That's Probably me. I'm attention. that guy. Yeah. Well, Steve, what you been watching this week while your car's been in the car hospital? Now, I've been watching. Uh, I've been watching some movies this week. I finally got around to watching that uh, the Babysitter sequel, Killer Queen. Oh, yeah. As uh, I felt about it the same way I felt about the first one. I get it. Uh, yeah, meh. it's not really like it's not one of those deals where it's like if you hated the first one, you'll love this one. It'll turn you around. No, nah, no, nah, it's the it's same sort of, of thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you had fun with the first one, you'll like the second one. I think. I think so. It yeah. was like pretty, uh, pretty fun the way it dealt with a lot of the gore and stuff like that. Yeah, but so sure. was the first one. Yeah, exactly. It, it. Uh, yeah. If if you if you like the first one, yeah, that, that's all I can say. The recommendation would be if you like the first one, you'll like the second one. If you didn't like the first one. Don't waste your time. Uh, but do waste your time on the sequel to Creep, <laughs> Creep 2. Oh, okay. Is that uh, is that Human Clay? Is that Creed 2? Yep, it's Human Clay. Yeah, I just listened okay. to Human Clay and was like, this is a movie. A <laughs> horror movie. <laughs> That's what we're talking about right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, no, creep two, creep two. Yeah, have, did you see creep? The the first creep. I saw it's, creep, the original one. Yeah, okay, and I liked did. it. It was creepy. Yes, same. So creep two, I found to be even better. Oh wow! So if you like the first one, you'll like the second one even more. Maybe some people didn't. I I got mixed reviews when I posted about it. Some people were like, "Yeah, no, I love it. It's even better than the first. Mm. It's good. It it's definitely worth a watch. Uh, okay, well, let's just cover our bases and say if you liked the original, you might or might not like the second one. That seems pretty fair. That's absolutely likely. <laughs> I'm let's gonna not put you it, know, get people's expectations up. Yeah, I'm going to put it, you, you're probably either going to like it, dislike it, or uh, be somewhere in the middle. <laughs> I'll say. Just, That's very fair. Yeah, so just to cover all bases. I, okay. I also I also started that uh, Amazon show Truth Seekers, the Nick Frost, Truth Simon Seekers. Pegg. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. I is I have only gotten through one episode of it, but uh -huh. it has exactly the type of feel that I wanted. Sort of uh, yes. uh, uh, comedy X Files 
but uh yeah i, I can't wait to get more into it because uh, i the characters get more fleshed out i've heard and okay very interested to see where it goes I've been interested to check it out because, I mean, obviously, you know, it's the people that are that are doing the show. I'm automatically interested. Yeah, yeah. so same. I I definitely really enjoyed the first episode. So, all right, looking forward to the rest of it. I also Toy. watched that that uh, movie Freaky that just came out. It's a uh, it's one of them body switch 'em up movies. Uh, okay, where a teenage girl and a serial killer uh, switch bodies. Oh, shit. That's pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, Catherine Newton and Vince Vaughn, and uh, it was funny. It, it's got uh, some good practical effects, some good kills. It, I mean, it, the rental is $15. Probably, oh, that's I so would stupid. wait. In, yeah, I would wait until it's streaming unless, unless you just really want to, you know, uh, support films that have had to come out uh, streaming instead of going to theaters. I think this went to theaters, though. You know, nobody's going to theaters. So, yeah. Uh, but again, like, this is one, if I had seen it in theaters, I would also say, like, uh, I wouldn't rush out to see it. <laughs> it's it's okay. good. It's just not great. It's 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 got its moments, but it's also just kind of like, you know, exactly what you expect from a body switch movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So probably one of those just like Saturday afternoon afternoon stream kind of yeah, things. Yeah, huh? yeah. But uh, it's it's funny. Uh, it's got uh, some good moments of uh, Vince Vaughn acting like he's a teenage girl. So that's sign me up. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> it's it's an interesting premise and it plays out funny. It, I I definitely enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah, and I also finally got around to watching Little Monsters. Little Monsters. Which is uh, Lupita Nyong'o. It's a, it's an Australian uh, horror comedy. It's about a kindergarten class in a zombie okay. outbreak. This sounds familiar. Yeah, it's on it's on Hulu, and it's pretty adorable. Aww. It reminded me kind of like, got like some s- school of rock, kind of feel to it a little uh but also like i don't know i don't know what to compare it to because there aren't a lot of cute zombie movies but right. it's, it's a cute zombie movie <laughs> that's a very limited demographic this yeah it's just like on the hunt for like <laughs> i need a cute zombie movie yeah though. i i would say like it's it's one of those like and we'll talk about that with this movie we're talk- talking about today it's one of those where if people are like, oh, zombie movies are all the same or they're all, they're boring, like, check out Little Monsters. Check out Anna in the Apocalypse. Like, there, there are zombie movies that are doing different things out there. Uh, Little Monsters was definitely super cute and not really scary, honestly. It's, it's really more of a comedy than horror. What have you been watching, Ben? Man, I've had a little bit more time to watch some things. This week, I've been having a really, really fucking busy month, but I had a little bit more time to dig into a couple. We uh, we watched through the Netflix Christmas Chronicles 1 and 2. The first one came out, I think, 2018. Okay. And, you know, did you watch it? No, what is this? It's the one with Kurt Russell as Santa Claus. Oh, I know, which is really the whole reason to watch the movie. Like honestly, it's like, well, it's Kurt Russell, Santa Claus. Like that's kind of the point. (laughs) The rest of the characters and actors and stuff are kind of whatever. Yeah, Uh, but it's worth watching because he rules. You know. Uh huh. The second one, 
wasn't wasn't great. It was definitely okay. like twenty pounds of sit, uh, shit in Santa's ten pound sack. Oh, you know? I see. Like they really tried to, I think, expand and world build and do all this kind of stuff, which I get it. I mean, especially when you're doing sequels to Christmas movies, you have to do something different than just the first one. Sure, you got to bring in uh, your your uh, your brother Jack Frost, played by exactly. Martin Short or whatever, <laughs> and like. Some of the stuff that they built out was cool. Like, it introduced Goldie Hawn as Mrs. Claus and stuff, which was fun. And okay. She's, like, kind of like a fucking Scandinavian witch. Like, she has all these powers and shit, which oh. is cool, because usually Mrs. Claus is just, like, the Boring. person that cooks Santa's meals. <laughs> like, yeah. So, th- th- what they did with her character was cool, and I like that. Uh, but then the rest of it was kind of like, I don't know, man. It's almost like the sequels to the Santa Claus, where it was just like, let's make the whole thing at the North Pole and shit, and just really play up the fantasy elements and stuff it's right just like, yeah it's not really cool though <laughs> no it's kind of boring yeah i know yeah i never got into any I, i'm not huge on the santa claus in general but uh the sequels were just like what is this who is this for mm-hmm. yeah but yeah so, i knew who it was, it was for okay. it was for money that was, who it was <laughs> oh for. yeah that's yeah. right yeah yeah <laughs> We, uh, we watched a new-to-us Christmas movie. Actually, I think it might even be a new one called Let It Snow. It was on the Hulu, I believe. Okay. Man, it was fun. It was one of those ones that like we went into with zero expectations. Probably just you know expecting to have some Christmas crap on to set the, uh, the holiday spirit, you know? Right. Uh, but then like a lot of cool actors and actresses started showing up. Like the okay. daughter from Santa Clarita Diet is one of the main characters oh, in okay. it. Oh, uh, okay. Peter Parker's friend from, like, Far From Home and stuff is in it. Oh, okay. The main kid in Dope is in there. Okay. You, you ever watch that movie, Dope? No. Man, it's fantastic. That's a great movie. He's a killer actor. So it's kind of like a love, actually, but with a younger generation and more realistic. Oh, okay. I don't know. It was, like, surprisingly good. And it, it even kind of, like, fixed some of the problems that, you know aren't really aging well with love actually like there's there's like a gay storyline in the movie and stuff there's right. just kind of more representation overall okay i don't know i was really surprised by it it was fun so if you're in the mood for like yeah just kind of some christmas snow. fluff yeah let that thing snow all up on you <laughs> we watched the two new episodes of the holiday movies that made us on netflix oh right the so what it's about elf and uh nightmare before christmas yep and it's fucking great i okay. love that series man yeah, i don't know what the fun. deal is but i have always loved like how did it get made stories and features and stuff like that ever since i was like a kid yeah same yeah so that series really scratches that itch for me totally worth a watch yeah i gotta check those out i also finished reading myself a little bookie work this week oh uh, I, was, I was mentioning I think on one you of the Patreon episodes. You got a class episodes. or something? <laughs> what you trying to read for? <laughs> um, I mentioned, I think, on one of the Patreon episodes recently that I've kind of been reading a little bit again there, reading through that Joe yeah. Hill mm-hmm. uh, heart-shaped box book and stuff. Right, yeah, yeah. While we were at the beach, I finished that one, so I started a book called The Invention of Sound by Chuck Palahniuk. I think it's Chuck Palahniuk's newest book. Okay. Just finished it the other day. And, uh, 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 you know what it kind of reminds me of? What's up? That, uh, that other Chuck Palahniuk book that's all obsessed with like the seedy underbelly 
of the entertainment industry and there's lots of people abusing prescription drugs hmm. and there's characters with like shocking uh familial relationships to each other and there's that one character that is just sort of like a machine of expo- exposition telling the reader how things get made and where okay. stuff comes from it's right. kind of like that one kind of like that one gotcha yeah yeah so kind of like every chuck Palahniuk book right yeah, yeah every chuck that's Palahniuk it book. right 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 <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, it's kind of weird with that guy because, like, without a doubt, you know, his first four published books, like Choke, Fight Club, Invisible Monsters, Survivor, you know, those were books that I blew through in high school and college and stuff that I just fucking loved. I really, really enjoy those books. And I still love, you know, Fight Club and Choke and, and all that stuff, too. But then... I don't know, man. I don't know if you've read any of his like more recent stuff, but no, it almost feels like someone writing a Chuck Palahniuk style book. It's almost like he's kind of becoming a parody of himself in some ways. Well, that happens. I mean, uh, Simbad. This is uh, some some advice from Simbad that uh, he he said he was funnier when he was riding the bus. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, he might not have a lot to write about because he has money. Well, might be that. <laughs> you don't you don't really engage in American society and culture once you hit a certain level of wealth. You're engaging in a completely different world. So you either write about that world or you start to do parodies of your own work. Uh, and a lot mm-hmm. of people just end up doing parodies of their own work because uh, i guess they don't want rich people mad at them because then i guess they'd be less rich somehow i don't know hmm. it'd be nice <laughs> if somebody who got into the upper crust would just start writing books about how terrible those people are that'd be cool that would work but instead they're always just like i don't know what to write about can't write about <laughs> my friend bill gates the guy he gives he gives so much to charity oh. <laughs> but he he has a fucked up haircut. Why don't you write about that? Yeah, that's true. What is the deal with that? <laughs> oh, you give a lot of charity. Yeah, your haircut's stupid though. Somebody should tell you. Yeah, money can't buy a good haircut, huh? <laughs> huh? It totally can. Uh, that guy <laughs> who owns the Raiders. What's his name? Yeah. Oh, that fucking guy. Yeah. Holy shit, I saw a picture of him earlier today, and I was like, are you serious? He goes to the same Fantastic Sam's to get that haircut. Every single time, oh, he drive he drives wow. like an old minivan <laughs> and shit. Like I I get that I get I get the idea of being rich and like sticking to who you are and being like I'm not gonna go buy some ridiculous new car. But that's not the case here because this guy grew up rich. <laughs> He's just a weirdo. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> He's Al Davis's son. He's always been rich. <laughs> anyway, I mean, I hope I'm wrong about some of the newer Polonic stuff because I don't think I've read a book of his since like Lullaby. So maybe there's a few really great ones that I've missed out on. But yeah, I, I wasn't really all that blown away by this book. So now I'm on the prowl trying to find something good to read. Uh, to entertain my senses while I have my morning coffee yeah. and breakfast. Have you read any Clive Barker? Uh, no, I haven't. You should read some Clive Barker. Maybe I should. You definitely should oh. read some Clive Barker. I uh, just recently re- uh, started rereading The Great and Secret Show. Mm-hmm. And um, man, 
he's i just love clive barker i i really liked his writing style i think he's very very effective at um getting across a really disturbing image and he's got a lot of them hell yeah man got a whole lot of really disturbing <laughs> yeah images. he's got a couple yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean is there maybe a cute one from clive barker you could recommend i'm kind of in yeah. the mood for something cute actually the thief of always is oh. uh his children's book oh well okay so yeah. he does have a cute one <laughs> it's not too cute though it's still really <laughs> disturbing <laughs> nice well maybe i'll check out some of that stuff man i've been meaning to get around to those forever so yeah I'll tell you what, Steve, I think it's about time we dig into a nice cold beer. Yeah, what let me think? get out my beer shovel here. <laughs> yeah, dig into that thing dig now. Dig right in. Beer shovel sounds like it would be the most fun party cover band of all time. Absolutely. Beer shovel would definitely do a bunch of Andrew WK songs. <laughs> yeah, nothing but WK songs. <laughs> Open for Skank Banger, I'm pretty Hell sure. yeah. Man, that would be a party. I would that love would to go time. to that. <laughs> yeah, follow me. I'm going to see Beer Shovel and Skank Banger. Like, okay, yeah, I'll yeah. drop everything I'm doing. <laughs> what are we drinking on today, Steve? We're drinking on a Great Notion Brewing Peanut Butter Imperial Milk Stout with Chocolate and Peanut Butter. Oh my God! You're talking about good old Peanut Brother right here that we're pulling uh -huh. on today. Oh yeah, I said Peanut Butter. Peanut Brother is what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this thing smells incredible. Yeah, it smells like peanut butter. It smells mm -hmm. great. Oh my God! I think I am in love. Yeah. It tastes Holy like cow, dude. It tastes like Trader Joe's dark chocolate peanut butter cups in liquid form. Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. This is one of the best like peanut butter chocolate stouts I've ever had. Yeah. And uh maybe the best. It's a solid 9%. So <laughs> Oh shit, you'll feel that in your guts right there, huh? Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to get a little buzz by the time I'm done with this. Yeah, that's delicious. It's also nicely effervescent to kind of lighten it up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, it could be like super heavy, but yeah, there's a bit of effervescence. I think that helps like convey some of the, it's got some creaminess to it. Mm-hmm. God damn, dude. Yeah, I am way, way on board with that. Yeah. That kind of reminds me too, dude. We had a we had a fun little liquor find this week. Kate was at the oh, liquor yeah? stall the other day, uh -huh. and she found... Um, there's that that local like what's it called Sugarlands uh -huh. Shine like yeah, the Moonshine yeah. place down here. Yeah, they do one that is like a cream liqueur kind of thing that is butter pecan. Uh huh. And I don't know about you, but I love old man ice cream. I love butter pecan ice butter cream. Butter pecan's good, yeah. It's fantastic. This straight up just tastes like melted butter pecan ice cream. <laughs> and I made the huge mistake the other day of doing a coffee with that in it as the yeah. cream. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> I bet. Holy cow. Yeah, I've, I've got to become an addict. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So here's the thing. Uh, Sugarlands, if anybody ever comes up to Gatlinburg, I don't know what sort of uh, spirit quest you're on or whatever, but... <laughs> I'm not sure why you're doing that, but okay. Uh, the moonshine tasting places, uh, there's the Old Smoky. It definitely worth the tasting sugarlands yeah. if you want to have a like go into a diabetic coma do the oh, yeah. sugarlands uh 
moonshine tasting. It is, I mean, I'm not going to deny that they taste good, but there's so much sugar in their different flavored moonshines. It is it, like you, you, when you walk around there, you feel it on the floor. <laughs> Like, <laughs> you can feel the sugar. It's just hardcore. But I the, imagining how sweet their stuff is combined with butter pecan sounds awesome to me. It is quite sweet. Yeah, a little dab will do you for sure, man. Um, I'm not going to be knocking back a, a pint of that. No, no <laughs> anytime way. soon. Yeah. But dude, just like a few spoonfuls and a cup of coffee. I bet it's, it's delicious. Pretty, yeah. Pretty fucking awesome, man. Pretty damn good. I will say the other thing that I do like from Sugarlands too is like. Well, and I don't even say that I really like it. I just enjoy that it's different. Have you ever had their apple pie moonshine? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good. It tastes like a candied apple more than mm-hmm. it does like apple pie. Yeah. It, yeah. The uh, the old smoky apple pie is like moonshine with an apple pie chaser. The Sugarlands mm-hmm. apple pie, yeah, it is much more candy. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, man. Suits the brand, I suppose. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> There's sugar in them hills. <laughs> all right steve now that we've got ourselves some code beer in our faces i still don't quite think it's time to review this movie yet so how about we take ourselves just a little little detour a little musical detour into the preview palace welcome to the preview palace Man, that vibrato was just uh-huh. killer. You were nailing it. <laughs> yeah, man. you know what? I'm Impressive. known for my vibrato. Well, you must be a, a big fan of musicals, Steve. <laughs> that is an untrue statement. What? Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm trying to improve myself, but I've been the rumor mills are just vicious. I've been hearing this left and right. So you're telling me this is not true? It's not true. Unfortunately, huh. I am Fake not news. a big fan of musicals but nor am i ben there are musicals out there that charm even our savage breasts that's true man we are just too fucking full of rage and venom and hatred yeah to enjoy musical theater i want to go burn a villager exactly we do that kind of stuff all the time man there's no way we're enjoying some some musicals. What do you think we are? Happy or something? Huh? Huh? <laughs> Whimsical? Yeah, no, right. Not us. No whimsy in these bones, I'll tell you that. Yeah, because I'm also not a musical man. Like, I have found that the ones that I kind of enjoy are the ones that take themselves the least seriously right. and can really have some fun with it. Like, even like, um, like Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, for example, sure. is yeah. just real goofy. It's it is really goofy. silly. Uh huh. And I can get into that, I guess. Yeah, I've seen I've seen some uh, some musicals that definitely can be fun and funny and enjoyable. I enjoyed Chicago. I maybe it was earlier this year that I, oh, I mentioned yeah. that I finally uh-huh. watched Chicago and really enjoyed it. Uh, right on. So there are musicals that we enjoy. And we came up with our own little top fives, and somehow yeah, we, we were able to even agree on a top three. It's crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's kind of a crazy nut sort of thing, yeah. isn't it? And I also just realized, before we even start our top five, that we both forgot about uh, Willy Wonka Dre? and the Chocolate Factory. And we forgot about Dre. 
<laughs> Jesus. Honestly, like Willy Wonka is not one that would be on my list anyway. Like yeah. I, I've always just been fucking creeped out by that. It makes me feel <laughs> weird. It would be, uh, yeah. I, I'm gonna put it an honorable mention, uh, even though I should have put it on my list. But it, it definitely uh, has a few songs that I just cannot stand. So the others that I've picked here, full of songs I like. Yeah, same here, man. They're ones that I feel like the music adds something to the story where it's not just like, I don't know, like for example, Cats. Where it's just like, here's just a bunch of fucking songs about silly cats. Jellical. Blah. Ugh, <laughs> it's like, don't need it. says it. nothing. No. There's no story, you know? No. Yeah. Uh, the ones that we've chosen here, I think, are ones where the the musical element really moves the plot forward and stuff, and yeah. is an integral part of the movie. Because I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just like unwhimsical and uncreative or something like that. But whenever I'm watching a movie and there's a story and there's characters I care about that are interacting and going through stuff, and then they start singing at each other, yeah, it just really fucking takes me out of the moment. You yeah, know what I mean? It's strange. It's odd. It's not my thing. But a movie like Ben, and this this is going to be out of left field already in talking about Uh-oh. musicals. Hot takes. Look at our number five is on our list here are going to be controversial. Controversy. It's coming. Oh, brother, <laughs> where art thou? Is that a musical? How many musical numbers are in it? And they're a part of the story. Every single one of them. You know what? It's funny because like I... I didn't really think of it that way because I'm just like, well, yeah, they sing Man of Constant Sorrow, but it's like, there's that number. There's the uh, sirens that are singing the Go to Sleep yeah. Little Baby and stuff. And it's like, yeah, the, the songs are kind of there in the in the movie and they're being performed for a reason and they kind of do move the story forward. Yeah. Is it a musical? It's absolutely a musical, I believe. Uh, and the reason why it's even debatable it is a musical is because it's so effective at blending the music into the story. Which is what wow. I like about it. It's it's, hmm. it's it's a sneaky musical. It's yeah. it's doing the pro like doing the same work of giving you story through the musical numbers while also making the musical numbers make sense within the story itself. So I, I think it's just masterful. Man of Constant Sorrow, of course, explains our our hero and what he's going through and then all these other uh songs that play throughout they they are rooted in bluegrass they're all they seem to just fit as a soundtrack but they're also explaining the story that's happening it might just be a musical it might just what's your number five ben man you know what mine is very much kind of in that same vein where it's like you don't really think of it as a musical it is a movie that has a ton of music in it and it is being performed and there's full numbers I'm talking about that thing you do, the story of the O-Meters. Doing that thing you do. Yeah. You know, again, that's a movie where all the music in it is uh, it's being performed by the characters. Right. They're singing. They're doing full numbers. It might be a musical. Maybe? I think it fits the bill. I mean, that's that's kind of the central theme to it, right? Is the the music and the performance of the music. Like that's what's going so. on throughout. Yeah. So to me, yeah, that's a musical. 100%. Like, if you have people singing <laughs> full songs in your movie, <laughs> it might be you a might musical. be a musical. <laughs> like I mean, I guess I'd compare it to say something like 
Empire Records. Like one could say Empire Records has musical performances and music is kind of central to it, but it, it it's actually more the music is like we get two music videos and somebody who wants to perform music performs a song but like that's not like integral it's not ever telling anything about the story it's it's really just like music is central to empire records as a a store and not really uh, a part of the storytelling itself so that that's right. how i would differentiate these movies we're talking about with any other that just has a musical number like uh, 10 so. things i hate about you has heath ledger singing that uh whatever can't remember the new song anyway yeah has that heath ledger <laughs> performance but it's not a musical it just has right. that 500 days it. of summer same yeah. kind of that, same yeah. deal on that there's one musical part in it but it's just kind of more of a novelty huh yeah so i i think those two though that we mentioned do they work as just saying this is a musical yeah, I think so. We make our own rules. That's right. It's free country. Hey, it's free country. It is. It is. Huh? Huh? Yeah. Last I checked. Huh? Free country. I'll take it. <laughs> free country with purchase of another country of equal or lesser <laughs> oh, value. Oh, shit. All right. That's how they get <laughs> now, you. Now, those were some hot takes. They Again, were. I, I, can, I can see the Reddit boards blowing up and stuff already. <laughs> this is going to definitely be... On uh, Breitbart tomorrow, Breitbart's I think Alex Jones be talking about it. Oh no, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Fuck! What have we done? <laughs> yeah, what did we do there? Jesus Christ! But the rest of our list here, I think, is going to be a little bit more traditional. What is your number four here, Steve? On your list yeah. of top five yeah. musicalists, my number four is from the master of tradition, John Waters. Very traditional guy. I grew up watching Hairspray and Crybaby a lot. Mm -hmm. Which it's weird that I say like I don't love music musicals because I grew up watching two all the time, mm. and I just never thought of them in the same vein as other musicals. But I've seen Crybaby so many times, so I'll make Crybaby my my number four. Just love it. Pro it's move. stuck I in my head. I've never seen to Crybaby. Man, I you don't know a, what you're doing. You got with a your John life. Depp in there, right? You do have a John Depp in mm. there, yeah. <laughs> You need to see it. Have you seen, you've seen Hairspray? I saw Hairspray a long time ago, okay. and I remember thinking it was okay, I guess. Wow. I know. Wow. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with you? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, Crybaby and and um, Hairspray, and one other that we won't be naming, but I'll, I'll name as a, an honorable mention that's in this same vein, uh, uh, rock, the uh, Little Shop of Horrors was another that yeah. I watched mm -hmm. a ton as a kid. And also, yeah, the, just a weird sort of musical that plays with the conventions in a way that, that makes it so much different and so stand out in a way that... Uh, Let's the surreal nature of people suddenly singing make sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because the whole world is weird and doesn't yeah. make sense, so yeah. it works. Yeah, John Waters is perfect <laughs> for making uh, a musical because his worlds are always that world where if somebody yeah. just started singing, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That sounds about right. Anything goes, I yeah. guess. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's off the table. Yeah. What about you? What's your number four, Ben? Man, my number four is a, a pretty recent one here. I think it came out within the past decade or so. It's that first Jason Siegel Muppet movie. I think it's just called The Muppets. Right. It's so fun. Like, is that like 2011 or? I think Maybe so. Maybe It might recently. be something like that. Yeah. It might be that. 
Um, but dude, like the thing about it that's so fun is that it absolutely makes fun of how stupid the entire thing is. Right. Like most of the most of the songs are kind of about like how the Muppets are outdated and like not funny anymore. Right. And then even like the actors and actresses and stuff really get in on it and make their stuff extra cheesy and extra corny because it just makes more sense that way. Yeah. You know, again, it's kind of like what you're saying with the John Waters thing. You're in a world where people interact with Muppets. frogs and pigs yeah. that are made of felt and <laughs> function in normal society. <laughs> right. like you're already in a surreal world anyway. So then to have ridiculous musical numbers, it just kind of makes sense, especially when it's self-aware of how lame it is. So I think yeah. that's why that one works so well for me. It's just a fun time watch movie. There's a lot of things in there that always crack me up. Yeah, I love, one, I love so Muppets. Much. I mean, it's probably because we grew up with them that we just have so, hurt. so many great associations with them. I don't know if they yeah. still hit with kids, but man, the Muppets, so funny. Yeah, I almost put Muppet Christmas Carol on my list. Oh, that's uh, a great that is, one. And I'm definitely going to be watching that this month because oh, yeah. I think about it every year, it seems. I think about that and the uh, also the Disney... Or not Disney, yeah, Disney Christmas Carol, the one with the cartoon one with Goofy. And, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love that one. Yeah, it's fantastic, mm-hmm. man. I think the Muppet one is the best Christmas yeah, Carol, as far is. as I'm concerned. For sure. I agree with that. So good, man. But you know what? You only watch it one time of year, whereas you can watch the Muppets movie any time of year. Any so that's why time. I put it on here. Yeah, good choice. Ben, we agreed then on our top three, just sort mm-hmm. of coincidentally. Uh, yeah. Number three here is uh, a home run. Hell yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas. It just makes sense as if it wasn't going to be on here, right? Right, yeah. And Nightmare Before Christmas um, doesn't even have to uh, justify itself. I think when you see uh, a claymation world or an animated world, it's fine that they start singing anytime. Yeah, totally, I'm fine with that, yeah. And the musical numbers in it are fucking awesome. Oh, they're great absolutely fantastic like they're not just like silly like i am singing no. like musical stuff it's like you know what's this or something's wrong with jack like all these right. tunes that are in that movie are just legitimately really cool and it's because of course fucking danny elfman did them yes yeah i i off i like all throughout the year catch myself singing some song from nightmare before christmas always sort of in my head so it, it's probably the one i've seen the most on our list mm-hmm. except well maybe our number two it's probably our number two i've seen the most but <laughs> uh i i've seen nightmare before christmas so many times and have been watching it since you know i guess uh tweenhood i think came yeah. out when did that come out like 93 92 93 something 92, like that, yeah. 93 yeah so like around, around my tween years i've been watching that forever and just love it yeah, dude, you've got to watch that uh, movies that made us episode. Yeah, on it, I'm, I'm it's, it's excited crazy, for dude. It. Yeah, dude, it took them two fucking years to make the movie. <laughs> Jeez, two years, <laughs> and it was over a hundred thousand still images. Ugh, so much work, but it, doing stop motion sounds like hell on earth to me. Dude. Yeah, that's one of those things that like. You know, like the idea of sitting down and like, oh, let's write ten albums of music and record it. Like that's not a big deal to me, but. The idea of making the decision to make stop motion anything. Yeah. I would probably rather just like do my taxes all year long. I could not fucking stand doing that shit. Yeah. Paranorman and uh, Box Trolls, aren't those both like yeah. paper cut stop motion? 
Mm-hmm. They're by Leica. They, yeah. they uh, especially the Paranorman and stuff. They started using like three D printing to ease the whole process along. Yeah. Okay. So the fabrication is at least easier. But yeah, I mean, you're still having to pose armatures, take a photo. Yeah, it's insane. Repeat a hundred thousand times. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that is crazy. I, yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas. You can't say enough about it, man. You really can't. Ben, number two. It was really a choice between a number of uh, musicals uh, written by Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Yep. But we settled on the South Park, bigger, longer, uncut. I I think it's probably like I don't know if it's if it's that every song is solid or if it's just the funniest. Of them all, why we picked it? I'm just it. gonna say yes, yeah, just yeah. Overall, to all of that stuff, I mean, yeah. it's a great, hilarious movie that was based, of course, on the South Park characters and stuff like that that we'd already known and loved for years, right? But then it also did something totally different with them because it's not like South Park's a musical show, like right. The idea that they're like, oh, we're gonna make a movie of South Park, let's make it a musical, uh-huh. is completely <laughs> out of left field. But yes, then, it is. The amount of care and detail they put into the music and the compositions and stuff to where, you know, they're standalone great songs. They also advance the story and stuff, too. They're integral to the movie. It's not just like a tacked on, oh, and then we'll make him sing a dirty song. Hilarious. Right. They actually matter to the story and everything. They so do. I think that's part of why this one really sticks on my list for sure. Yeah. I mean, we could have picked Cannibal the Musical, which, of course, uh, Let's is build a snowman. An absolute <laughs> gem, but it's also yeah. obvious that it's a student film. And, like, yeah. You know, it, it's got its. It's got some really solid songs, but it's it's not South Park. And then, of course, there's Team America, which is great. Oh, my God, dude. So fucking fantastic. In, in that movie, it's like. You know, the soundtrack parts are, I think for the most part, gosh, I feel like an idiot that I I can't say this off the top of my head for sure. There's musical parts in it, but they're not sung by the characters, right? Not not most of them, but uh, there's the- Oh, Kim Jong-il has the one. Kim Jong-il and then the AIDS musical. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. But a lot of the other songs are just during montages and stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of montage songs, which are great <laughs> there's a montage song. song. <laughs> yeah, there's a montage song. Yeah, which are great. And then there's Book of Mormon, the musical, but that is not filmed. Yeah, is it? That's true. Right. I have so, seen it though, and it was you? real fun. Yeah, Emily saw it too and loved it. I have not seen it yet. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a really, really fun one, man. Yeah, I think South Park was just the right one to choose. It's yeah. the one that has been around for years that we've watched a million times. And, yeah, I've I mean, seen it Lord, so dude, many like, times. Blame, blame Canada and all that stuff. Uh-huh. Is just yeah, I think it won an Oscar or something, didn't it? It may have for for the the musical category. I'm not sure on that one. Uh, but the the song I love the most is the one Satan sings. <laughs> I yeah. only want to live up there is just so great. Well, babies burp and flowers bloom. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And he starts singing all high at the yeah. end. Like, he looks up at the camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good, man. I want to watch that again. It's been too long since yeah, I watched that it's, movie. It's, it's, still, it's still solid. Still a solid movie. But nice. our number one, Ben... This one is uh, one we both have seen performed live at a community college You're in damn a surprisingly right. good uh, rendition of Sweeney Todd. That's correct, man. Sweeney Todd, dude. Stephen Sondheim's masterpiece, yeah. Sweeney Todd. We did see that performed at good old Walter State Community uh-huh. College, directed by old Micah Shane, the Morton uh-huh. Theater Guild, and it was 
crazy fantastic. Yeah, they did and a great that job. Was, I guess was that before? That was after the movie came out. Though. It was. Yeah, I was like, I was believe, that before yeah. or after? It was after the movie, and uh, the movie is super good. I really it's fantastic. It. Yeah, I it love is. the look. Love uh, the the performances. Love everything about it, and it's it's particularly um, I think great because it is more traditional musical, but it still mm-hmm. gets me. Like I, I'm yeah, still that's into the thing, it, man. That that's what I was gonna say is like that's how you know how good it is is because even you know people like us that don't even really get into musicals, especially ones that are like serious where they're really treating the songs in the yeah in the storyline like really seriously. Uh, we typically don't like those, and this is our favorite one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how well it does it. Yeah. Uh, the music is interesting and complicated. Like, right. there's so much stuff in musicals that's obviously just written to showcase a vocalist. Right. And, you know, don't get me wrong. It's like there's something really impressive about that, but I just don't get into it. I'm no. like, this is how people must feel when they listen to, like, Steve Vai and Joe Satriani, where they're just like, okay, the guy's shredding, whatever. Right. <laughs> like that's how I feel whenever there's like crazy operatic, amazing musical vocal performances in these uh, musicals. I'm just like, well, she can shred, that guy can shred. Uh, don't really care. Yeah. But the songs and stuff in Sweeney Todd are so fucking cool, man. They are. And played off in a way that you know, again, that that world that that takes place in, especially with the direction and visuals and stuff that they did. It's a strange world anyway. It's not really like super hyper realistic, so it seems bizarre when characters start singing at each other. Right. It's in that gritty, nasty uh, tone that I think makes it a little bit easier to understand when characters start singing at each yeah. other. And of course, you know, it's a horror podcast. There's fucking great gore and kills and stuff. Yes. In it. Yeah. That's exactly it. Like, I, I'm sitting here thinking now, like, of all the Disney movies and stuff we could have named when we were coming up with our top five and not one of them came into our minds. Like, these Ooh. are the things we think of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> these are the, the, I like the darker, more surreal uh, musicals. That's what I want my musical to be. Yeah, same here, man. If you were going to put a Disney one on here. Hmm solely for musical value yeah yeah which one which disney movie do i love the music of the most who i'm gonna Gosh. say a uh hunchback of notre dame the soundtrack on that uh, is okay great there's some beautiful music on that oh uh, man i don't know for me it would probably be the lion king or aladdin yeah hard yeah. to beat man whole new world what you yeah. know about it yeah yeah, Lion King or Aladdin, definitely, because I I sing those songs a lot in my head. Nice. Definitely definitely just can't wait to be king whenever like, you know, I'm pooping or something. Oh yeah, it just makes sense. I mean that's normal, <laughs> right? I thought everybody did that. Yeah, I'm I'm way into those. So Sweeney Todd reigns supreme atop our list of musicals, but we want to know about yours. So be sure to post your top five favorite musicals. Maybe there's musicals we don't know about. I'm just thinking of Mystical making a musical. And oh, that would be that great. Would be. I could imagine that would be uh-huh. awesome, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. Shake it. But let us know about that <laughs> on the uh, the Facebook group. There's been a lot of activity on the Facebook group lately. Yeah, I love to see it. Me too, man. I it gives me you know, it's nice to because I I I don't like to be on Facebook, 
So it's nice when I go on there that it, yep. it's just a bunch of dead and lovely posts. That's what I want to see. I do not want to see anything else. I don't know what's going on with everybody else, but the dead and lovely group is rocking. It is indeed the place to be. Everything you've heard is true. All the kids that are cool, they go to there. Mm-hmm. Steve, where can they go to there? What's that URL? <laughs> uh, Facebook.com forward slash dead and lovely. Yeah. Come hang out with your boys. Hey, Ben. Hey, Steve. Are you looking for the ultimate stocking stuffer for this holiday season? I sure am. What are going to stuff that thing with? Well, Ben, look no further because our sponsors, Manscaped, <gasps> have the tools to make you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Oh, my God. They got the tools that you need for your tools. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's tool time. <laughs> it's tool time with Manscaped. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, Tim. I think so, Tim. I'm pretty sure, Tim. <laughs> you see, Manscaped is the only brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene products. And great news, Ben. This is for all our European, Canadian, and Australian listeners. <gasps> Manscaped just release their products across your vast countries holy wow this is gonna be a globe covered in shiny clean globes <laughs> <laughs> and i know some of you out there are thinking it's a it's a crazy old time i don't even get out ever why do i need to manscape let me tell you this when you look good you feel good Mm. And when your boys look good, boy, do they feel good. I'll tell you that. You're doggone right. You're doggone right, Steve. Just because you're in quarantine don't mean you don't need to be clean, y'all. But, Steve, let me let you in on a little secret here because I know we got a lot of listeners on the show here that are saying, but, Ben, but, Steve, I ain't got no balls of my own. I don't need what? this manscaping. Let me tell here. you what, ladies. This can be for you, too, because I'm going to tell you what. You can get this thing and take advantage of using that up before somebody creates Womanscaped and starts charging you three times as much for the same stuff. Y'all know how this works. Listen to me, dead and lovelies. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0. What's in there? You get the lawnmower 3.0 for lawn mowing your nards area. It's skin safe. I used it. No tugs, no nicks. I enjoyed it. You can even create a little less mess by using that thing in the shower or getting one of those magic mat disposable shaving mats they got. Catch all that hair as it drops. And let's not forget about the crop preserver. Anti-chafing ball deodorant. Do what? And moisturizer. This is amazing. You're putting deodorant on your armpits. Get some deodorant for your balls. What else are you going to get in that perfect package 3.0? Some anti chafing performance boxer briefs i don't know how they've done it it's time to get this perfect package 3.0 get clean like mean jeans bald head get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code dead 20 that's d-e-a-d two zero at manscaped.com so this holiday season be sure to trim the tree and trim up your balls with manscaped your balls will thank you and so will the people that love your balls and now, Steve, I think it's about time we get on to that movie, Review Ski. What do you think? 
It's a brand new day. Ooh, nine wow, miles damn. away. Right? Getting downright musical here, huh? That's because we're talking about Anna and the Apocalypse, mm-hmm. which came out in what? 2017, I think? 2017, yeah. The first time you've seen this movie, Steve. Yeah, yeah. It's been suggested to us before. And it I has, actually, many times. Yeah, I actually tried to start watching it one time. I was like, ugh, I can't get into this. Like, I want to watch High School Musical with zombies. Yeah, because it's essentially a zombie high school musical. It seems that way, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, and it's British. It's very British. Um, it, it gets good. Mm-hmm. Once the humor really hits, like at first it sets up a high school musical, basically. Like we just right. got songs in a high school with some dancing, and it's like, oh, why is this happening? Whatever. Uh, it's it's really when the the second act hits when we have <laughs> the uh, main character Anna singing. Um, that song I was just singing, Miles Away, as the zombie apocalypse is happening behind her. But she's just dancing and singing and having a good time. And then she and, and John are dancing just ridiculously in a graveyard. And mm-hmm. uh, that at that moment, when, when I saw that, I was like, I get this movie. Okay, so that's when it kind of clicked to you, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's when it really clicked, and I was like, I get this movie, and I like this movie. So, I liked this movie. I watched it for the first time the other night as well, and, you know, sat down with my my notebook to make some noty notes in it, and started the movie, and it was kind of like, okay, I get it. Like, it's a zombie movie. There's also teenagers singing silly songs and stuff, and kind of kept waiting for the, I really enjoy this to kick in, and it it never really did. So, you know, I was thinking earlier today, I was like, maybe I just wasn't in the right mood to watch that. Maybe I was tired. Maybe I was just old grumpy Gus. You ever uh-huh. become old grumpy Gus? Of course. Of course. We all do at times. I thought I might have just been being a grumpy Gus. Right. So I was like, I'll just watch this again today while I'm doing my training on the elliptical machine, mm-hmm. doing my hardcore shredding. Elliptic. Yeah. Like you do, of mm-hmm. course. Imagine a life unellipted, Steve. Oh, mm. man. Not even worth no. Lipton. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched it again today, and I don't know, man. Not not in love with it, honestly. Like, it's not one of those deals where I'm just like, fuck this movie. Everything about it sucks. It just never really got me for, I think, a few specific reasons here. So okay. maybe as we go through here, I can start to understand why you liked it. And maybe if you're lucky, I can drag you down into my hole and make you hate it. No, nah, there's no way. I watched this movie four <laughs> times. I was way into it. And, uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's really funny to me. I, I genuinely laughed a, a lot. Um, it, the ridiculous moments really hit for me. The silly absurdity and surreal bits are really good. And I really... I really enjoyed the over-the-top villain uh, played by Paul K, a.k.a. Thoros of Mir. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> loved how he's just doing, like, a Johnny Rotten impression and basically just hamming it up. I, I, I yeah. enjoyed that. <laughs> how is it, though, that this was made when it was and it only contains one British Game of Thrones actor or actress? Like, <laughs> it's really how weird. How the fuck is that possible? Yeah, yeah it's, it's really weird going through... 
everybody's IMDb and being like, wait a second. How are you not at least on Doctor Who? Well, exactly, one of the guys dude. is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll tell you what, though, man. It probably would have made me go head over heels for this movie if there was a point where Sean Bean just shows up and is immediately murdered. That would work for me, actually. Then I'd be like, okay. This movie fucking gets me. I'm on deck. If somehow he just saved two uh, smallish uh, adults uh, like and got shot with arrows, that would be nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd be perfect, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, Steve, I want to further understand what it is that you dug about yeah. the movie. So let's talk about the characters here a little bit. Maybe mm-hmm. our, our main protagonist here, Anna. Yeah, Anna Shepard, uh, played by Ella Hunt, uh, who's adorable. She she's going through the average everyday um, teenage girl in a musical type of thing. She wants to go see the world. Yeah, she she wants to go see the world. She doesn't want to just go to university. Uh, Of course, she has a a best male friend who uh, would love nothing more than to just uh, go to town on her. And she's not interested, and she not having it. is. Uh, uh, it, she has had a relationship with a guy who sucks. Pretty common, like musical setup type of thing. Uh, I suppose so. Yeah. Then, uh, yeah, as we said, John, who's the best friend, who is in love with Anna, uh, and then we also have Steph, who is uh, lesbian American girl whose mom brought her to England and then left for Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. So. (laughs) Not a good move. Not a good move. Uh, But uh, Steph, probably the strongest character in in the Steph is my favorite character in the movie for sure. Like, that's the character where I was like, okay, this this person has a backstory. This person has... Uh, you know, skills like she she just goes right to killing those zombies and stuff, and she's the best singer too. I thought that she oh, was like, yeah, she's great, the most interesting character because yeah. I found Anna. I don't know, man. I was like really unsympathetic towards Anna. Like, oh, okay. She kind of had this whole thing with her message of just like, I want to get out, I want to leave, I don't want to be here in this town and stuff. I want to go off and have adventures and travel and blah blah blah. And it's like why though like (laughs) it's not like she has it bad like of course i understand like you know a sense of adventure and wanting to go out and check out the world and stuff when you're that age we all we all did that but like i don't know man i just never really got like what's your motivation like are you in a shitty situation like steph's parents fucking left her dude steph's in shit she's the one that should be wanting to fucking leave well and steph says that but uh her mom died anna's mom died and she just basically wants to get out of uh, the area to forget about it Mm -hmm. um and i mean i think her character arc is realizing that all the things she wanted to leave behind now that she's lost them um she's sad Mm -hmm. like the end of the movie is very sad it's it's not a happy ending at all i mean and Mm -mm. you know that's set up by the song no such thing as a hollywood ending uh right it's you know the her character arc is going from like i i just want to get away i just want to escape this situation to losing her dad and losing her best friend the people she was getting away from and realizing how much she's lost how like life this is oh, ho, ho, ho. yeah so it's like she she 
gets a traumatic version of the travel that she wanted. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I, I, I like that character arc. I don't, I had a problem with, I guess the moral of that being like, she should have just stayed home. Um, yeah, really, right? It's like, yeah. well, what are you saying there? Yeah, I'm not I'm not happy with that, if that's really the moral that we come to. That's not great. But uh, I think it is... The, the, the movie is more getting at how, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of taking the high school musical, like everything upbeat, everything about high school matters so important, like so much, and everybody's so invested in all this it kind of takes that and subverts it and makes it more about these people who just want to get away from high school and get out of this and just not be a part of it and it's showing how the the world that they're going into is kind of fucked up and Mm -hmm. once they get out into that world they'll realize how much better it was perhaps to have a rigid schedule and everything to be kind of predetermined but also that's that's the growth right is getting out of that getting into the world and seeing how hard things actually are and you know becoming a different person yeah i i suppose so So i i think it's i think it's just dealing with it's just dealing with the coming of age type of story in a musical during a zombie apocalypse (laughs) which I love that, <laughs> which is kind of kind of fun. Yeah, I love that absurdity. I love I love that. I it's based on a a, a video called Zombie Musical by Ryan McHenry, which is a it's like eighteen minute long short that hmm. uh, basically starts where this movie started to get good for me. It starts at Anna walking out of her house and everything's going crazy behind her while she's just singing a happy song. Um, mm-hmm. And it really then just has similar sort of uh, quick versions of of the apocalyptic events of this. Um, so Ryan McHenry was a Vine star. Remember Vine? Dude, Vine was awesome, and Vine I don't understand awesome. why yeah. it went away. Especially when you can find like Vine compilation videos on YouTube that have a billion views. It's like, were we done with this yet? What happened? Yeah, I, I don't know what happened there. Uh-uh. Uh, so Vine star Ryan McHenry was the one responsible for Ryan Gosling won't eat his cereal. If Which anybody is a remembers, treasure. Hilarious. A treasure, yeah. It's just uh, him trying to feed cereal to Ryan Gosling in various movies. And he, he picked moments where Ryan Gosling covers his mouth or like turns his head turns away. Turns away and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. really funny. Um, it's fantastic. That's the yeah. guy that fucking did that. I had no idea. Yeah. Huh. And the reason why you haven't heard much from him is, unfortunately, he died of cancer at the age of 27 Ugh, before this I... movie even came out. Um, fortunately, that fucking like, sucks. You know, he he did he sold the script and like you know he had some time uh, after his diagnosis and and he was very upbeat and really trying to remain positive. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he he was a great guy and came up with this awesome idea, and I'm glad they actually made the film. 
I I think it made me appreciate the movie more reading all that. It made me just and especially like watching his short and seeing how they sort of integrated those ideas and and fleshed it out. I it's really it's sad to know somebody yeah. with such a great creative mind and uh, somebody who was obviously, you know, uh, had some really great ideas taken so young. It, it's the worst, man. Yeah, that's fucking terrible, man. Yeah. Gosh, I had no idea. Now, as far as some of those ideas and stuff go, uh, what do you think are some of the inspirations for this? Okay, so definitely High School Musical. High School Musical yeah, was for sure. popular in, in uh, you know, 2006. Uh, and, and his, uh, his short came out a little bit after that. It's Dude, definitely... this is how I know I'm old. Is okay. High School Musical a movie or TV show? It's a movie. There are three okay. of them. <laughs> like, I, I'm yeah. fucking old. I don't know. Well, I've never seen is, any of them. This is how you know I was Mormon when High School Musical came out. I've seen them all three. <laughs> there you go. And <laughs> hated fun. every one of it. Like, I oh, could really? not get into them at all. Yeah, it, it, but Mormons loved them. Absolutely love Wow. Them. Is it kind of like Glee where it's just like high school kids and they sing? Kind of, yeah. But it's, I mean, Glee is about, you know, they they sing because they, that's, they're the Glee club. These high yeah. school kids sing about everything. Basketball, eating lunch, whatever, et cetera. <laughs> Stop with the singing, kids. Come yeah. on. <laughs> Use your words and don't yeah. sing them. Yeah, so High School Musical is definitely a huge, huge influence. But uh, also there's a musical episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the Once More with Feeling episode that was written and directed okay. by Joss Whedon. And I would say also his uh, Dr. Horrible sing-along blog probably had some influence oh, too. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, kind of bringing in some like, absurdity and yeah. uh, strange elements and stuff into it, sure. But yeah, then also zombie movies like uh, the you know, uh, Romero zombie movies and uh, Shaun of the Dead for sure. I think I was going to say like, there's no way I can get through this and not make some kind of comparison yeah. to, to Shaun of the Dead. I mean, definitely another UK zombie comedy kind of movie. Just so you can't, good. you can't not man. Yeah. I just watched the Cornetto trilogy by the way, over the last month. Like, cause I watched Pro Shaun movie. of the Dead during, um, October and mm -hmm. then I was like, well, I got to watch Hot Fuzz. And then it was like, well, I haven't watched The World's End in a while. So, man, Dude, so solid. I still think Hot Fuzz is underrated as Way fuck. underrated. Like, everybody's seen Shaun of the Dead, but I meet people all the time that have never even heard of Hot Fuzz. And it is fan-fucking-tastic. It's so great. So great. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely, definitely uh, Shaun of the Dead influence in there. But, I mean... The the most solid influences are the Romero movies, I think, because this this has um, heart that Romero movies tends to have. Like Romero movies mm -hmm. have the the practical like dealing with zombies bits. They also have the sort of levity bits, especially in Dawn of the Dead. Tons of them oh, yeah. just like shopping and having fun, but they have the the real like heart-wrenching bits and that is what i think makes for a good zombie movie and makes zombie movies not get stale like a zombie movie that's just about how many different creative ways you can kill zombies is fun but then no matter like how many different ways you formulate that it's just about the kills sure 
But if it has a heart to it, if it has like a, an emotional center, then there's a lot more going on. You're really dealing with what the zombie is meant to deal with, which is our fear of death and our fear mm-hmm. of loss. And, and this movie deals with those issues really well. See, I get what you mean as far as, you know, a, a zombie movie, as, as ridiculous as a notion as that sounds, whenever it does take it, itself seriously enough to have that element of, of heart where you really care about the characters and, and stuff like that, that can work beautifully i mean i even think of of Shaun of the dead when that comes up yeah. you know where mm-hmm. that whole movie is all quite light and silly but then towards the end you know it's like it gets pretty fucking dark yeah yeah it gets like really emotional bit yeah. and all that stuff uh-huh. it does and it's very effective because by that point you know the characters through being funny and silly the whole movie have really endeared themselves to you so it is effective when you see bad stuff happening to them and the people they care about and stuff and uh, that can work really well. My problem with this movie is that the tonal shifts were like kind of all over the place, where okay. a lot a lot of the movie was light and silly, uh-huh. and then it would have little pockets where it'd get like dark and serious, and then get right back to being light and silly again. Uh huh. And that kind of took me out of it a little bit because I'm like, okay, am I supposed to not take the serious parts as seriously or am I supposed to not take the fun parts as funnily? So like, okay, for example, you know, towards the end of the movie there, they end up back at the school and stuff. Uh The principal has gone full on lunatic. Yeah. He's locking the kids in there with the zombies and shit like that. And it's just like, holy moly, this guy's a fucking maniac, you know? Right. Uh, and it's really dark. Like, he's playing it super dark, super angry. He really hates these fucking kids and stuff. And then, like, he sings kind of a silly song that sounds like it's out of Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, now it's back to being full-blown wacky again. And he's very cartoonish and stuff. And then a few scenes later, he's back to being super dark, super serious, like, murderous intent guy. Yeah. Like, especially the last act of the movie does too much up and down for me where it's like oh man this is getting serious oh wait never mind it's getting fun again oh now it's getting serious again like a little too up and down do you see what i mean uh yeah it it, it, i can see that i think i mean i think that's gonna be inherent in the type of musical they chose to do yeah it's it's juxtaposing the bright silliness of the songs with the dark material and the material gets darker and darker while the the music remains light and playful it does yeah so yeah the there's a a stark difference but i think that's like intentional and part of part of what they're trying to do because you know that ending is just so bleak it's supposed to be bleak bleak. yeah yeah it it is which was a surprise for me to see because i kind of figured that this would start buying into all those, you know, tropes of musicals right. that we usually get, all the uh, typical things you expect out of a musical, uh, this doesn't really deliver on. Uh, yeah. And that indeed fulfills the the song that there is no such thing as a Hollywood ending. Right, yeah. Uh, because a lot of the stuff you kind of expect is going to happen because you're used to seeing that in these types of stories does not really work out at all, does it? Like, there's no oh, my awkward friend is now the Prince Charming. No, yep. he fucking just died. Yeah. He gets killed with 30 minutes left to go in the movie. It's a huge surprise, but it's also, yeah, it it's like, it's it's exactly what a zombie movie does. Zombie movies kill people that you don't expect to die. 
So they should. Yeah. So that's. Um, I mean, it, it basically the tone issues you have are rooted in the 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 actual concept of the movie of how like they're going to juxtapose these two you're saying by juxtaposing these two the tone's just off i think so yeah because like even with Shaun of the dead once stuff gets kind of real in it i don't know it still works for me in a way but with this it was just a little bit too up and down Mm -hmm. i guess i would say as far as like how serious is this exactly yeah i can see that because i i mean i'm thinking about the bowling alley scene and how silly it is and then how it's followed by the that song about wanting to to hear a voice and stuff like which is definitely like uh you know uh i'd say one of the more poignant songs in the the movie but it is following you know a scene where a guy smashed a zombie's head between two bowling balls so yeah yeah totally that is like a big shift it definitely is yeah i think overall like i would have enjoyed if the musical numbers and stuff like that were just overall a little bit more silly and funny like hmm Mm-hmm. Like ima- imagine if the Bob's Burgers musical team right. did these songs, like how fun and funny and silly right, and ridiculous it, it could be. Couldn't be dark at all. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It would kind of like really force it to the other end of the seesaw, I suppose. But yeah. I mean, like I was even thinking that you could really have some fun with this because when you say zombie high school Christmas musical, uh-huh. there's obviously a lot of directions you could go with that. Like, right. I guess, you know, just kind of some, like, ideas and stuff. Like, I would have loved if there was a song that was by the zombies. Okay. You know, uh-huh. like, if there was, like, a ridiculous, like, want to eat the brains song. Like, that could be really fun. You could have a fucking part in there where zombie Santa's down somebody's chimney. They think he's eating the cookies. Oh, no, he's eating fucking Peepaw's head. Whatever. Like, it seems like they could have taken it farther considering that it's already such a ridiculous premise to have a high school zombie Christmas musical. It feels like they kind of played it a little safe to me, which is weird to say. And when we're talking about a movie where, you know, a guy smashes a zombie's head in a bowling alley with bowling balls and stuff. But I don't know, man, maybe it's just a British thing, but I feel like it was a little subdued. Like it could have just been taken farther. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna I'm gonna say to you what you've just said over the past ten minutes in one sentence and see if it makes sense to you. <laughs> the tonal shifts are too radical. It yes. should have been sillier. Yes. <laughs> so if the songs were sillier, the movie would have like the entire movie would have to be different. Like it would have to be sillier itself. Or are you saying the song should have been sillier and it still should have been grim? You know, I think that you can make that tonal shift and make it work. But I think that once once you go over that hill, it should stay in that valley for a while. Whereas this is a little bit too up and down. Okay. You know? I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like expectation versus reality. It's like maybe I just wanted something different out of this than it was intended to be. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would say. Is that I think you're wanting a different movie than this was mm-hmm. trying to go for because yeah, if it, it you you're wanting a, a zombie a zombie comedy that is a musical 
set around Christmas in a high school. Like you want it to to go full absurdity. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. W- with that many toppings on there, just go all out, you know? Right. Okay. Because um, I kind of felt like at times this movie was sort of like, sort of like that RPG character that you never really fit into your party because they can do kind of a little bit of everything, but all the stats are kind of <laughs> low. Right. Like they have stats for every ability uh-huh. where it's like gore. Yeah, it's got a little comedy. It has a little musical. Okay, there's music in there. Seriousness. It's got a little bit of it. Yeah. But like everything is kind of low. It's like it has a lot of everything, but um, none of it's maxed out. Like there's no maxed out stat on this movie's board to me, if that makes sense. Okay. I can see that. You know, but it does have some good gore and stuff in there. I was pleased to see yeah. how fun they, uh, how much fun they had with some of those kills and stuff. Obviously the, the bowling ball head smash is awesome. And I love the fact that they had, a severed zombie head shoot up in the ball return. Like, that's great. <laughs> I saw that and I was yeah. like, okay, yeah, this movie's on point. And then, you know, it ended up not being so much for me, but it had moments where I had, like, some serious hope for it because they did have some fun with some of those elements. What what parts of gore in here stood out to uh, you? The seesaw kill is really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Snow, again, the snowman, I was like, okay, this is fun. A guy in yeah. a snowman costume, he's a zombie. I'll say, too, to the movie's credit, the zombies look fucking great. They do. The they zombie do makeup great. and stuff yeah. is fantastic. It, it is, is better than a lot of full-blown, serious zombie movies that yeah. I have watched. Uh, the zombies look really, really good. But yeah, the yeah. snowman thing was, was fun with the seesaw and stuff. It's cool. Yeah, I like that. Um, I liked the spatula kill, uh, mostly because uh, 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 Sarah Swire, who plays Steph, is very funny in that moment. She's uh-huh. very funny throughout. She's great. She's uh, fantastic. Yeah. I I I think um yeah, just throughout they're mostly, you know, just uh zombie bites and stuff, but there are good moments of just gore that and as you said, the zombie makeup looks really good. It it serves well that that uh horror bit. Like the bit where it's trying to be a zombie movie, it's a good zombie movie. And I think there's also just some fun like uh you know, theater of the mind, implied kill kind of stuff. Like whenever Steph yeah. has to repeatedly slam the cleaning lady's head <laughs> under the toilet seat and it's yeah. just blood spray. Like you never see a corpse or a fucking destroyed skull no. or anything like that. It's just implied, but the blood spray and stuff like that just clues you into how violent the action was. Those yeah. are also just good low budget tricks. I don't yeah. imagine this had a primo budget it was working with or anything. Yeah, I, I didn't even find a budget figure. The the budget wasn't uh huge on this. And also box office wasn't gigantic, but I don't think they were going for a gigantic box office. They're probably going for streaming. And they got it. But I feel like it hit its budget well. Like never yes. yeah. did I feel like, oh, this is a fucking cheap ass movie. What they couldn't afford to show me a zombie head being slammed in a toilet lid. Right. I never felt ripped off by the budget of it or anything. I think that it, again, hit its budget well. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, So, the songs. I yeah. don't know anything about music, but they mm-hmm. sure are earworms and you stick know, in your head. they are pretty catchy. Yeah, like yeah. Hollywood ending and all that stuff. Uh-huh. Those are things that even though I just watched the movie, you know, twice, like I can recall them to mind right now. So yeah. there are some catchy ones. I can't say that like... The musical style is especially exciting to me, where it's just yeah, like, it's oh, high school it's, musical. it's millennial pop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, high school musical kind of stuff. Like, it's not like it's a, whatever, a fucking, 
zombie polka musical. Like, there's nothing really stand out about the musical style. Uh, no. But it's produced well. It's hooky enough. And it's also not super auto-tune ridden. I mean, I'm sure they're using a little bit of pitch correct on it, but it doesn't sound like fucking computers singing. I'm so... God, dude, how are people not fucking tired of hearing all this auto-tune and pitch correct? Like, <laughs> do you not realize how dated all of this shit is going to sound? Uh, it will not sound timeless. I fucking hate it, man. Yeah, I mean, it'll have its own aesthetic, though. And Yeah, that's the thing, right? Yeah. It's like, long, given a long enough time span, it's why we like fucking, you know, chip tunes and stuff like that. The crap thing about it becomes the attraction, I guess, but God, dude... It just makes everybody fucking sound the same. So I'm glad that the the vocal parts in the soundtrack of this didn't lean super heavily into that. Because even like yeah. Glee and stuff like that, like oh, they yeah. they fucking auto tune that shit yeah. so hard. And I feel like the people in this have good singing voices and stuff. And maybe they that's do. even why they didn't get movie stars to be in it. Maybe it was a budget thing. Maybe it was a well, we need people who can you know sing like theater actors and right. stuff. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't check out to find out if everybody's voice that we're hearing in the singing parts is their actual voice or not. It is them singing. Uh, yeah. Oh, it is really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. So they all sounded good. They do. Yeah. Uh, they sound I'll great. give it that. And and again, some good hooky stuff in there too, I suppose. But you know, maybe if it was black metal, I'd like it more. What do you think? <laughs> maybe just a little black metal in there, right? Yeah. That would be a different. That'd be I. I okay. Let's. I, let's just play that out real quick. So it's a zombie high school musical, black metal musical. Yes. And it's absurd. There's going to be like a zombie song and maybe maybe like uh, as someone's dying, they sing a song or something like oh, as totally. they're turning as they into a church. zombie. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And more absurd kills and stuff. That's a different movie that could definitely work. I mean, I the way you're describing it to me, yeah. you're kind of selling it, honestly. Yeah, I I'm think kind of could, on board with this. Yeah, I think that could definitely work. I think they're, like, there's no reason to watch this movie and say, like, oh, well, that's been done, and there's no no reason to make another movie like that. It, I could see another zombie high school musical in a different style, and maybe, as you're saying, yeah, going completely absurd or whatever, and trying to keep the same tone throughout. I could see that, and I could see that working. Yeah, because, like, especially considering that the movie is doing something that is so, you know, on paper, wild and innovative and fun as a Christmas zombie high school musical movie. Yeah. I, I guess it is a little bit disappointing that the music is kind of generic. I mean, I, I again, it's it's hooky, and I remember the song titles and the hooks and stuff like that, but musically it's kind of generic. Like, I do wish that the music was a little bit more complex and interesting or different than just high school musical pop kind of stuff. Yeah. But, but you know, again, again, maybe that's exactly that's what they were the going pitch. for. Yeah, high school musical, you know, exactly what they were going for. Like, yeah, you, that's the entire pitch of the movie. Yeah. I, I would think is the juxtaposition of high school musical, but they're zombies. It's yeah. like, well, that's, that's weird enough on its own, I guess, for a lot of people watching it. Yeah. So there, yeah, I could see what you're saying could be a good movie, but this movie, uh, as is, I'm a big fan. I, I'm I'm big fan. I like the I like that it's generic music. Like, 
I like that because I think it's it's playing out the idea in a creative way. But mm -hmm. you're right. The tonal shifts are big. Um, and it's, you know, it, it really is just a creative endeavor in a lot of ways. Like, it is, what would this be? A high school musical with zombies. Like, how would, how would you make both a zombie movie, you know, with a, with a tragic ending and, uh, keep an upbeat high school musical musical going throughout and mm -hmm. you know that that works for some people and doesn't work for other people i think yeah it's like a it's like a creative endeavor and a lesson learned and and also like a, a, a an avenue then for what how else could you play this out because it, it works like people enjoyed this there's a way you could make this but also make it completely consistent and make it work for everybody or make it work for more people maybe mm -hmm. yeah yeah but as is I, I i like it a whole lot now what do you think about the zombies in this because of course mm -hmm. as we talked about many times on the show you know zombies have been used in in cinema to yeah. explore a variety of topics whether that be conformity or consumerism or whatever right, uh, right. the zombies in this are spread by a unexplained pandemic which i'm okay with like a lot of times when you don't explain everything away totally fine this is one of those cases i don't really need to know the origin of what is turning people into zombies it's right. happening and that's about it i'm fine with it yeah yeah this is uh yeah just a pandemic the and um the zombies are slow it's romero like romero rules it's pretty pretty like basic they they don't like mm -hmm. they don't go out of their way to try to explain it or or whatever but they don't sing i wish they did <laughs> the the zombies kind of just um in this i think are representative of just the the general state of the world like this zombie apocalypse is just showing like the world that these young children are being thrown out into after they get out of high school hmm. um and I, and I didn't really see, yeah, I didn't see them as like particularly like anti-consumer or, or anything like that. They do just seem to be an impediment predominantly. They don't seem to be making some major point with the zombies aside from this world's real fucked. And this is the world that these people are going to be entering into as they leave school. Yeah, I was kind of wondering if they had anything else to say about about the zombies like i did notice especially this time of course that there's the whole you know human voice song where the kids yeah. are like looking at their phones and computers and stuff just sort of staring yeah. at them the principal is like i've always called you kids zombies and then later right. on you see that the zombies are kind of like hypnotized by television like you turn a television on and the zombies right. are just kind of frozen on it i yeah i don't know if that was just sort of like a you know, a little egg of an on. idea that got yeah. laid. Yeah, it's like it, it wasn't really super developed no. or anything as far as like, okay, yeah, social media is turning us into zombies or the internet is turning us into yeah. zombies. I feel like that was kind of there but underdeveloped in a way. Yeah, because like in, even in that, that human voice song, like the bit that seems to be about screens seems like underdeveloped, whereas the human voice bit just seems to be about like how they want to hear the the voices of the people they love to make sure they're okay which mm -hmm. is that's that's the heart of the the 
song and and really what it's about but then there's like this bit about screens and like yeah i i think you're right it's underdeveloped it's kind of it's just kind of there and it's like they there's not enough information to make any thing out of it like if yeah. the only thing they're saying is these screens have made us zombies it's like okay and what, what do you want to say about it right yeah yeah because you could take that idea way further i think like i think there is totally a social media slash you know internet us staring at screens analog of, right. of, of zombies that i don't think has been fully realized yet yeah i'd like I to think see there's that, somewhere sure. you could go with that you know yeah that principle is yeah. just a fucking not nice person he's and he nice seems to really fucking hate these kids i think if he i does. really hated young people this much i would not be in an administrative schoolyard position, Steve. Do you think it's possible, Ben, that people who had a hard time in school sometimes will go back to school to work there to try to, uh, like, exert power over children? I don't know, Snape. I don't really understand <laughs> what you're saying right now. Yeah, Excuse it's me, a Steve, I, I, I called you Snape. Oh, what, Steve, what? I meant to uh-huh. say. It's, yeah, it's a character <laughs> trope uh, for sure that yeah, he gets he's played out a lot in movies and books, but and I think it's uh it's probably valid. They're definitely I've I've known, you know, administrators and and stuff in my time who definitely seem to take a lot of pleasure in um the power that they had over children. Yeah. Which is sad <laughs> to take pleasure in having power over children. You're an adult. Yeah. You should be kind of beyond that, huh? Yeah. But, uh, I, yeah, Savage is, like, he he's, inter- it's interesting to name him Savage because he seems so uh, dedicated to rule and order and, like, yeah. you know, uh, so. Very puritanical. Yeah. But it all, it's, it's making commentary about that type of person, that that person is generally that way because they themselves are savage and and bloodthirsty and and they know how bad they are so they assume it about everyone else and so they think mm-hmm. somebody has to be the authority and has to rule with an iron fist so, don't you wish you would have like found out why he's so bitter towards the kids and yeah, like that, why that, he's such an ass like i kind of feel like that was really they're okay. underused so there there's a an extended edition so the american version is 93 three minutes and the extended version has 15 more minutes to it okay and i watched it and i I think it gives a little more backstory to that and gives a little bit more like or at least expands on his character a bit more there's a song with him and her dad that uh was cut that kind of helps develop that and I, i i i feel like the extended edition should be on the streaming platforms they there's no reason to have the shorter version i don't think yeah because it's pretty short i mean like it's the, pretty the version that i watch yeah. is the regular one and it was pretty brief yeah it's pretty brief so uh if you can uh get your hands on the extended edition i think it is the better version because it, the exact problem you're pointing out and and i i think you know, in uh, judging it, you do have to judge the cut that everybody's seeing. And the cut that everybody's seeing 
that his character doesn't make a lot of sense. The dynamic of him and the other teachers doesn't make a lot of sense. You need yeah. that backstory. You need more to it. Yeah, I wish I would have known because I was just like, man, this guy's a fucking evil, murderous dick. Like, yeah. he's just a fucking lunatic with no reason. Like, I wish that we would have gotten some kind of a, like, let's say, like, a Christmassy message out of that guy. He learns the, <laughs> the value of gift giving. He stops being a Scrooge. Like, I wish that there was some sort of turn for that character where we understood why he was the way he was. You were or continually he went sort of wishing for change. a completely different movie. <laughs> I know, man. You I just got wish ideas, this movie Steve. wasn't the movie it is. This movie should be Pulp Fiction. I'm just saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's like, I feel like I, I could have connected with that character more if well, I knew that, he's supposed to something be other villain. than he's just a fucking maniac. Yeah. He's supposed to be the over-the-top villain. I mean... You it's like a Disney villain where it's just like, you're just mean because you're mean. Yeah. It's, I mean, I guess you can connect with, say, the Joker or something. And that that does make for the best over-the-top type of villain where they're over-the-top, but you still kind of get them. Mm -hmm. And this character, yeah, it's just over-the-top, mean, evil, and you don't. there's no real way in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I could, I could definitely... I would say the extended edition does give more to his character, but does not give the what you're looking for it doesn't give you an, a way into him so yeah he he is just completely over the top but again musical um y you know a lot of musicals have these crazy over the top villains it's true yeah it's true yeah. I mean, especially looking at again the disney stuff and all that like there's yeah. a lot of yeah. just like super super evil maniacal villains that are just bad because they're bad and that's and that's yeah. kind of it you know yeah but yeah, that I mean that does always make for a better movie when you can uh connect with the villain. I suppose so. I yeah. suppose so. so yeah, you're I don't right. know, man. Like the first time that I watched it and I didn't love it, I, I was self aware enough to be like, maybe I just wanted this to be something that it wasn't and that's yeah. why I watched it again today, but I don't know. I just overall found myself being pretty unsympathetic towards a lot of the characters. I mean I mean Anna just kind of seems like a typical 17-year-old. It's just like, oh, I just want to escape, blah. Like, I didn't really care all that much about Anna. I thought Steph was a way more interesting character. Yeah. Um, Anna's friend with the Christmas jumper that he wore the whole movie. He wore <laughs> that jumper multiple days. Come on, man. Yeah. Give that thing a wash. Yeah, this does end with a white Christmas if you pay attention to the timeline. The day it ends is on Christmas and it's snowing. Oh yeah huh so that's cool that's fun yeah uh but yeah. you know overall i, I, just, I didn't find myself like caring right. a lot about a lot about anna like it was almost that deal like uh the first season of orange is the new black where it's like the main character is the le uh the the least interesting or important part of it like all the side right. characters were cool those are the ones that i wanted to spend time with um Anna just seems like she's kind of bratty and wants to leave and thinks her town is shit, even though it's fine, and doesn't have a lot of very real problems that she's dealing with, and I don't know, man. I just didn't really connect with it that much. Yeah, I can see having trouble connecting with a 17-year-old. 
<laughs> I mean, I can. I, it, I think, again, though, it's, uh, it's dealing with um, the average musical. The average musical, that is also true, that the main characters are the least interesting. I mean, think about Greece. Who cares about those two? Everybody else mm. around him. It's like, what? what is this? Who are these people? Give me them side dishes. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, again, it's playing in the realm that it, it in initially started to be. So, like, um, you're you're seeing the issues with that, and you dislike them. And I get that. I think you, you've argued very clearly, and, and uh, I would say concisely exactly what you dislike about the movie and it's it's all uh, well and good i still love it well, <laughs> i fine. love See, it be that way <laughs> shit I, I i i love it i think i get i get real into the premise like i'm i'm cool with it i think from the beginning it, it really was uh you know when it's just a musical at the beginning, it was hard for me to get into it because I was like, I'm not into musicals. It's when the twist comes. It's when the the split happens, I guess, in the tone, the tone where the songs are way peppier than the action that's going on. It's that's where I guess the absurdity hits for me and makes me laugh a whole bunch throughout. Uh, but if that doesn't if that doesn't work, you're not gonna like it. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I guess I just kind of generally wanted more out of it, you know. And, and again, maybe that's the kind of thing where I was, I was looking for something else. I I heard the premise of the movie and I imagined what it could be, and then when I you know when it came to the table, it wasn't what I expected. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe that. my own expectations are playing with me, but. I trust my expectations, Steve. I think it could have been more better. You know what I mean? More better good. So more what, uh, better good. Yeah. What uh, what uh, what would you rate this, Ben, if you were to slap a rating on it? Honestly, it's not one that I'm in a rush to to watch anytime soon again. Um again, a couple of catchy songs, a couple of good kills, but just kind of low amounts of a lot of stats is how I would really sum it up. Where it's like, yes, it does have a little bit of everything. Nothing's exceptional about it. Character depth, musical. Um, I don't know. It's like, again, just a lot of low stats for me. A lot of things, and I get that. Sometimes you want that. But for me, it's not one that I'm going to be rushing to watch again next um, Christmas season or zombie season or musical season. That's a thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. a thing. Musical <laughs> season, yeah. I'm going to say like... Three and a half. Oh, honestly. damn! It's pretty cold. I'm pretty cold on this thing, man. I'm coming in cold. Yeah. Hey, man. You got it. You speak your truth, and well, your truth is three and a half. You know how much I love movies that are set in high schools, like because I didn't right. fucking get to That's go to true. school. Like, I typically go nuts for any typical old shitty high school public school right. movie because I'm like, oh man, maybe it was like this. Like, I love living vicarious public school high school and movies you know maybe but, there wasn't enough school yeah. for you now that i think about it there like, wasn't really a lot of classes and stuff yeah right. the only school bit was them sitting in a lunchroom and then uh the the music the musical practice so there was no like class scenes or anything huh that's the stuff i want if that had been there i bet you'd at least given it a four 
So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, yeah, I, I, um, it really, it's a hit. I will be adding it to my regular Christmas rotation, most likely. Damn. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. The songs are in my head. Um, and uh, I, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm probably keep watching this as a, a yearly tradition. So, I'm, I'm I think uh, it's, it's got its issues for sure. I don't. I don't know if it was intentional to make Nick's song like kind of lame and like I I feel like it was intentional like because he's singing about like what a manly man he is and whatever but then the song is kind of lame and it keeps going up like real high in the falsetto and stuff like yeah yeah that I think that was intentional but I also just don't I don't get into that song it just wasn't for me and it's kind it's silly though it it works for silly moments um yeah i i i just really liked i enjoyed uh, everything about it i really got into it but i i I see that it's um i think uh the extended edition did uh a a good job of maybe elucidating a bit more about savage but uh yeah overall i think you're right that the villain isn't um the villain isn't we're not given a way in to to really kind of understand his motivations i think um anna is intentionally not as interesting as as the side characters but it's that also is kind of a detriment because this is a, a zombie movie so at the end we should feel for the protagonist like we should really like be in her head and really feel her loss and pain and mm-hmm. I I think, yeah, the making her less interesting than the other characters kind of makes that hard. But you do still have Steph there to, to get. And, and Nick, at no point do I ever sort of fully understand Nick, though. Like, there's definitely some issues. His his issues with his father and, like, masculinity and, and stuff are, are definitely, like, touched on, but it's not fully explored so like yeah dude like it's there but not a lot of it it's just kind of a hint of it it's like something that i think could have been expanded on more yeah yeah so like there's there's a lot that could have been explored more if it was just a pure zombie movie and it could have been funnier if it was just a pure musical so the tone issues are there Uh, so it's not it's not like perfect or anything but I, i just really enjoyed it so for me, it's like a, I guess six and a half to a seven. Yeah, um, yeah. I yeah. will watch. I'll watch it over and over again. I'm sure, but I do recognize it's got its issues and that it's really not gonna hit with everybody because of that major tone uh, chasm that you have by the end. Yeah, I get it, man. Well, you know, at the same time, I'm glad that you watched it and that you enjoyed it. I'm glad that you have a Christmas classic to add into the mix. A Christmas classic. Kind of how I felt about like watching uh, Rare Exports last year. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, man, this is one I'm going to watch every year. It's exciting to find a new Christmas rotation movie. It is. It is. Because I know I have my own handful. I've been watching a bunch of stuff. You know, over the past week, I didn't talk about it earlier because I've talked about it on the podcast for probably two years now. Right. <laughs> like Die Hard and shit like that. Oh, like, yeah. Die Hard. I love Christmas movies. I love, you know, this time of year and watching those flicks every time. Uh, 
I'm glad that you found a new one to add in to that rotation. But I'll tell you what, Steve. Tell me what. You know, as much as I was underwhelmed by this movie, as much as you were overwhelmed by this movie, it's got <laughs> nothing on the level of whelming that we're going to experience next week on our Christmas episode. What are we going to do? As usual, are going to be pulling an old wild card out, talking about something completely not horror related. That way, everybody has something fun to listen to, whether you are staying home for the holidays, whether you're traveling for the holidays, whether you don't recognize the holidays, because that's cool too. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to do, you do you, and you be sure to tune in next week because we are going to be continuing the theme that we started last year and talking mm-hmm. about. God damn Peter Jackson's once in a lifetime incredible Lord of the Ring yeah. trilogy. We're going to be talking about the two towers. Both of them. We're not just going to talk about one. We're going to talk about nope. both towers. Both of them. Mm-hmm. And I am so excited. I think that most people that, that know me or listen to the show know that about every year I watch through yeah. the Lord of the Ring trilogy. Which is a great tradition. Fuck, man. It's the best. Yeah. It's the absolute fucking best. There's something about watching those movies around this time of year that makes yeah. it feel like Christmas to me, which I have no... Well, I do have an idea why. It's because the movies came out around Christmas time every year. Oh, right. They did. Huh. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But there's something about just like this time of year and having that tradition of watching these epic ass movies that just makes sense to me, man. Yeah, me too. I am so excited to watch this again. It's been a whole year since I watched it, but I've never watched it with the critical eye of a podcaster, Steve. The eye of a podcaster. <laughs> That's the one. Uh-huh. So, you know, maybe maybe we review this thing next week, and I'm like, it's a one. I'm like, you know what? Now that <laughs> I've watched it with my eyes open. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not going to happen. It's a 10, obviously. Yeah. Duh, yeah. Spoilers. spoilers. It's a 10 from both it's, of us. Yeah, it's a 10. It's it might be the best one. I don't know. I be. love yeah, Return we'll, of the King, though. We'll have to have that conversation after Return of the King next year because I I think it's, it is my favorite. Um, but, again, looking at it with a critical eye, maybe that'll change. Who knows? Well, be sure to tune in next year. When we discuss <laughs> Return of out. the King, and we can get to the bottom of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Long doing two towers is going to be a blast. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we've also got ourselves some fun stuff planned for the month of January, don't yes, we? Yes, we do. Now, everybody, within the sound of my voice, get excited, because we're having no January next year. We're having Fanuary. We That's love right. you guys. We yep. think you're the best. I'm in a musical now. See how easy it is. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we will be picking all of our movies from the smoking bowl mm-hmm. in January. That's right. So mm-hmm. why are we telling you this so early? So you can go become a Patreon patron and get your movie in there. You got much more of a chance in January of getting your movie picked. That's so, a good point. That's a strong point, Steve. Yeah, head especially for something that's easily available and streaming. Yeah, definitely. But here's what we'll be doing: we'll be picking one randomly, as we normally do a month. Then uh, we'll we'll pick a couple ourselves, and maybe we'll just have a Facebook vote for the other one. We'll maybe pick a few and let you vote on them. 
You know what? Fuck around and find out, y'all. Fuck around and find out. So uh, head on <laughs> over to patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely and become a $5 patron to submit your movies next year for January and to go ahead and submit your movie for this month of December because we'll be covering a Patreon pick at the end of the month. That's true. As usual, one a month, we do a random Patreon drawing. So, yeah, be sure to sign up today and get your movie in the smoking bowl of movies that we draw from randomly. Very catchy title. Very yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I hope everybody out there is having a safe and happy holiday season. I have been doing a lot of staying at home, looking at the windows, decorating Christmas stuff, yeah. playing Christmas songs on my Gortars. Yeah. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time, Steve. Simply. Simply having wonderful Christmas time. Yeah, we've been decorating that song. I'm not a big fan, though. I I love it. I do love the, the, whoever tweeted this that, uh, that song sounds like people are performing like a satanic, uh, (laughs) spell or something. And then somebody (laughs) walks in and then they pretend they're singing a Christmas song. Cause it's like. Yeah, like the the opening of it is like, he says like the moon is right and stuff. Like, just go listen. It does say that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it doesn't huh. sound anything like a Christmas song. Then it's suddenly like simply <laughs> nothing suspicious time. going on here. Yeah. People aren't <laughs> getting sacrificed. Yes. <laughs> well, hope everybody's doing well. Enjoy your holiday season and tune in next week for a new episode of Drang and Logly. Us. Here with your good buddies, Ankle Barn. That's me, Ankle Barn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And of course, mm-hmm. me, Hollyward Starve. <laughs> starve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. You've been fantastic. We have been dead and lovely. See you guys soon. Nailed it. (laughs) That's right. So, Ben, uh, t'other day, Mm -hmm. I saw our pal Bob ootin' a boot. Yeah, Bob. Yeah, and, uh, okay, so, as you know, uh, our car is is down. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I was driving, my my father-in-law let us borrow his truck. I was driving his truck, and uh, when I went to get out, the only mask in the car was a, a U.S. Army mask. So I put it on, you know, didn't even think yeah. about it. Uh, and I saw our, our pal Bob, and I was talking to him, and we started having this conversation about, you know, the pandemic and stuff and how, you know, we should, we should cut the military budget to, you know, help out when, you know, things are real bad. And we're yeah. having this this conversation about cutting the military budget. And, uh, you know, I, I finish whatever I was doing. I get back in the truck. I take off the mask and hang it on the rearview mirror. And see, it's a U.S. Army mask. So this entire time <laughs> I'm talking to Bob, I'm thinking he's from his side is like, wait, what is he? What is he side is he on? Yeah, whose side is he on? Really? <laughs> seems like seems like the worst at, like false agitator at a protest, just wearing a CIA shirt or something like. The yeah. CIA sucks, right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> it's a big problem here, right? That's amazing.